Hi, this is Drew Garcia with the Landscape Group. Thank you for listening to today's interview brought to you by our Safety and Risk Management Network, Studio One. joining us. Today we have Bert DeMarsh from the Laurel Rock Company. Bert, we want to welcome you to the show. Thank, Thank you for, for joining us. If you wouldn't mind giving us a little uh, bio on your company, where you guys are from, how many employees, type of ops. Sure. So we started in uh, 1975 and we're from Wilton, Connecticut, Fairfield County area. Uh, we have 54 people in season and we do residential design, build, and maintenance. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, as it relates to safety, is there a certain person in the company that heads that up? Is it a group of people? How do you kind of differentiate safety? Who, who leads that for you? Sure. So Wilton Franco has been with us for 10 years and he's our field supervisor for weekly maintenance crews. Um, so he's taken the role of safety officer. And we also have a safety committee, which consists of all the managers of the divisions as well as a crew leader representative for each division and myself. Very nice. Okay. Um, we'll kind of jump into the uh, work-related injuries uh, aspect of the business. So no secret, uh, you know, workforce shortage, labor shortage, and you know, there's a trickle down effect with that to everything. In your opinion, how has that impacted safety at your company and what are you guys doing to kind of try and uh, prevent things from happening that might be susceptible because of that issue? Well, we, we have a safety meeting every Tuesday morning, which is really the key to our safety program. Uh, Wilson runs most of those meetings, but we also have other crew leaders get involved so that they can be responsible and stand up and, and talk about it themselves, which makes them more involved and more engaged. Um, as far as new employees go, we don't have <coughs> excuse me, we don't have a specific new program for them. We just make sure that they're on time, six forty-five on Tuesdays, and they're listening and, and engaged. And the crew leaders also on sites will share information with them and make sure that they get up to speed fast. Nice. So yeah, that, you get that employee buy-in, you're getting uh, someone to um, you know take 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 control of that and uh, voice that to the company. So it's not somebody always dictating that same information to right. everybody. You're giving them that you know that power and the ability to kind of spread their knowledge to everybody else. It's right. nice. Okay. Um, so on the injury side, we know 50% uh, of all work-related injuries happen within the first six months to a year. Of employment um, you know obviously probably because newer employees maybe not as trained or um, they don't know the exposures as much is there any any kind of employee onboarding that you guys do to try and get people up to speed as to what the exposures are how to use the equipment what does that kind of look like for you so we do equipment training so we do have a, uh, a checklist that they have to go through um, in order to, before they can start using different pieces of equipment um, the larger the equipment, the more training there is behind it. Um, but we start them on a weekly maintenance crew, for instance, which is a mowing crew for us. Uh, we will start them with safety on the weed whip. Um, they, everybody gets their um, personal protection, mm -hmm. um, which is most important. And anyone can, can be the, uh, the police officer on that, so to say. So sure. anyone in the company that sees any employee that's not wearing the safety glasses or not wearing the proper ear protection, um, is allowed to to and is expected to say something to that employee and say, "Hey, that's not how we do business." Again, kind of keeping that you know open format where everyone's involved and everyone's a part of it. I think it's important to mm -hmm. uh, to have that interaction between you know the company because everyone kind of you know steps up and says, uh, "This isn't how we do it. This isn't how we do it, and this is the right way." People leading by action, but then also you know coming out and talking about it. So that's really solid. Um, okay, so along with that safety and uh, technology kind of interlink and mm -hmm. as we progress into technology and things change equipment becomes you know smarter and then we have applications on our phone that we're able to utilize is there any type of 
uh, tech that you guys are using on the safety side to maybe streamline processes or has it caused any kind of issues um, that you need to try to get out ahead of? Is it, is it creating any kind of issues, the new technology? What are your thoughts on that? Well, so we have some new, we have robotic mowers, which is something we're starting oh, yeah. with. Um, and that's more safety for clients than it is safety for, for us because we're not actually out there that much on them, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're doing changing blades, things like that, pretty basic. Uh, but the just knowing there's something out there that has the ability to cut and things like sure. that, and you're not there with a crew member uh, actually watching it at all times, um, the safety mechanisms of that are very important to us. Um, we're using Husqvarna's uh, unit, and it has, we feel it has really great safety as long as we're putting it out there to start that. Um, you pick it up and it stops and dies basically on you. So. A- a- absolutely, yeah, yeah, I was looking at those, and, and that's a good you know piece to point out because uh, autonomous mowing is, I know it's uh, well accepted in Europe, and it's something that we're really mm-hmm. starting to look at here in the United States. Right. Um, are you using that more on the, is it on the commercial end or all residential? residential? All residential, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And is it something that you would leave at the at the yeah. house? So you set it up and it's kind of yeah. plug and play for that? Yeah, it stays there okay. for the entire season. Interesting, very cool. Okay, uh, we're gonna make our way over into fleet safety mm-hmm. and you know big exposure for landscape contractors because you, know, you have so many crews running and you're gonna have a larger fleet. Is there, uh, how many trucks do you have? What's your, your fleet size look like? And uh, who monitors and who manages that for you? So we have, uh, we have 30 vehicles altogether. Um, and that's monitored by our operations manager um, and then his subordinates, so to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everyone has responsibility for no more than five vehicles. Okay. Um, and one of the areas that we're working on as a company actually where we want to improve for, for next year is we're really focused on getting fleet safety as, as part of that. We do a lot with equipment. We do a lot with personal safety and personal protection. And I think we've been a little bit lax on the fleet safety. So we're instituting a checklist, which is pretty easy to come by, mm-hmm. a checklist for every vehicle. We're going to be realistic and say, let's do it weekly, not daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, daily would be ideal. Mm-hmm. And to and basically have the guys check, do the checklist and hand it in and be responsible for it. We're looking for an app, actually, at this point to do it online so that we can actually have a record of them and make sure that they come in and just make it easier and get rid of the paper. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think utilizing, you know, tech on both ways there, mm-hmm. kind of creating a process and then, you know, where does everybody want to go? If we look around, when we walk around outside, you know, everyone's looking down at their phone and using yeah. it. So how can we utilize that? Everyone's familiar with it just to streamline those processes. Really, really strong. How about any kind of um, telematics, uh, GPS tracking? Do you guys utilize any? systems like that to help you with driver behavior or anything? No, uh, so yeah, we did, we actually had that. It was really quite expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, We had it on every truck and we found we weren't looking at it um, because we, you need a safety officer who basically Mm -hmm. that's like almost, you know, I'd say 30 to 50% of his job is going to be really useful for systems. So when you're investing thousands of dollars a month to do that, we just felt that we weren't getting the use out of it. So um, the value wasn't there for us, although I think it's a great system. So we did keep it on uh, salespeople's cars and we keep it on truck just so that we can know where it is. Where it is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just uh, control the assets right, where it's at. Right, okay. but that's about it. And, uh, you know, we mentioned cell phones and apps and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that plays a piece in distracted driving, mm-hmm. and distracted driving is a pressing issue. We're seeing uh, commercial auto insurance continue to rise, yeah. and I think we will because of this issue. Is there anything you guys are doing to, you know, either limit or completely take away cell phone usage in the, in the car for the driver? Um, is there any policies in place? Do you have anything to... Yes. Keep them from using it. Yeah, so we do have a policy, and it has to be signed actually by every driver in order to become a driver in our company. You have to sign a policy that says you will not text to drive. Um, and if you do, and you do get a you know a ticket for it, then it's your responsibility to roll those up. 
captain's responsibility. Okay. But what we found is that's great to have a policy and it's great to bring it up and have them sign it. You know, it does hold them accountable. But at the end of the day, you have to be willing to know that if they're not, if crew leader's not answering you on a, on a text or on a call, you have to assume that they're driving. Right. 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 And so uh, you can't get upset with them and be like, hey, you know, I called you three times. Yeah. Why didn't you pick up? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the area that we, we found was important. Oh, I think we're in, uh, you know, today's day and age, you, you do assume uh, when you reach out to somebody, you're going to get a quick response back. We get so accustomed to that text messaging, you know, certainly you send a text, you expect to get something right back. Um, but that's a good point to make is if we're not getting it back, let's assume that they were driving, we'll figure out, you know, why, what, what was the delay, the delay in getting the information back. Right. But right. Um, yeah, I think limiting whatever you can do to limit distracted driving in any case, uh, you know, is better for everybody. And like you said, having something for them to sign kind of holds them accountable there, but constantly mm -hmm. monitoring and, and letting them know, hey, this is an exposure, you know, we're, we're concerned and we want to make sure that, you know, we're not participating in anything like this because, you know, we want to get everybody's help, we want everybody to get hurt. So that's a good point. Actually, what Wilton uh, is particularly good at, um, our safety officer, is he always brings it back and says, we want you to go home to your families. Right. You know? So he always brings the family element into it. And I think by, by doing that, it makes it more real for the guys. And they say, oh, it's not just some other talk about safety, but it's actually, they do care about us. They do want us to go home. They don't want us to have any injury and have a problem, you know, and not be able to take care of our families because that's such a, a huge part of, obviously, everyone's life. Yeah, absolutely. Linking that to something outside work, right. you know, and... Uh, for most people, I would say motivation is going to come from your family, you know, mm -hmm. and looking at that. So you're, you're trying to, you know, connect those lines where it's not business and right. family, blend them together, and you'll, you know, you'll get that buy-in because mm -hmm. you're putting it, that's most important to them. So when you're bringing that um, to the table, hey, my employer really cares about me. He does want me to go home to my, you know, to my family at night. And uh, I think it's important to make that, uh, to make that connection that's solid. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, as we kind of close out here and we're looking into 2020, it said, um, you have some focuses on fleet that you want to yes. you want to look at in 2020. Would you say that's probably your your main point of interest in, as it relates to safety when we look into the to the new year? That's that's the largest one because it affects everyone mm -hmm. across the, uh, the company. The other aspect of it is just the larger equipment uh, like skid steers and mini excavators. Um, we have had injuries. We've had two injuries over the past five years with those being involved. It was definitely operator error, so mm -hmm. to say. Um, it wasn't the fault of the machine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but they're large machines and yeah. they, you know, it's just easier to have a serious injury Absolutely. from those machines, just being in the wrong place at the wrong time or not being aware. So, sure. so we are going to be doing more on that for the, our design build and our enhancement crews. Very cool. Yeah. So just to focus on the large equipment, make sure that everybody's familiar with what they're doing mm -hmm. um, and that type of work, you know, if it could, it could be difficult, uh, as they move quick, you know, they can put safety to the side because they're trying to get the job done. Right. But uh, it's good that you're evaluating your past experiences and you're trying to improve upon it as opposed to just, you know, like you said, operator error. It wasn't the machine's fault. Um, you could look at that and just say, hey, that's, you know, it's right. on the person, but how can we learn and grow from it? And that's the most important piece. So no secret why you guys are doing so well. We're actually going to take um, from, let's see, it used to be called student career days, but the correct word I <laughs> but the uh, the college uh, yeah the, the college event and uh, they have a rodeo basically like an equipment rodeo okay. um, which shows the skill level of people on skid steers and you know like we're carrying a bucket of water a five gallon bucket of water filled up oh no way and uh, yeah on a on a pallet and so how much water spills after they go through the whole course so we're gonna try to make it fun like that make it 
interactive a little bit and uh, cool. make it a competition. Um, and it's fun. I think I think the guys will be proud of what they can do. Yeah. And the ones that aren't as good, we will see who's on. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to expose them right away. Right. right focus. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's our idea. Very cool. Okay. Um, so to the landscape company that might just be starting, you know, and you guys have been around for a while, so you know, you've, you've been there, done that. For a company that's just getting going, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Hey, if you're going to focus on one piece of safety, start here. Where? What would you say to them would be your best piece of advice? I would say. For sure, the, the basis of our program is the Tuesday morning meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a meeting. It has to be consistent, and you have to repeat, repeat, repeat. You can't you can't expect people to know just because you said it once that that's the correct way sure. to do it. You have to say the most important things will repeat three or four times in those sessions. You know, throughout the year. Okay. Um, the other piece is is just empower your people to make smart decisions. So if it's raining out and they're out there with a machine and they feel like that hill is too slippery to go on with the machine, then you know believe them right. and let them and tell them we expect you not to go on it. We expect right. you to give a call to your supervisor and explain what the situation is and come up with a solution. Um, and it might be going back later in the day. Sure. But just like trust them to make decisions so that they're making smart decisions versus just produce, produce. Yeah, you, you hit it. That's perfect. And how about for the company that, you know, like you, they've been, they've been at it for a while and, you know, they, they might think that they figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, what can they do to reevaluate, reassess, rebuild, refresh their safety program, you know, what's a good tactic for, what would you, you know, subscribe to somebody sure. in that position? So we've actually had luck uh, going back to our insurance carrier mm-hmm. and talking to them and saying, what is it that you can do for us as far as programs go? Do you have videos? Do you have um, checklists? What is it that we can use that's new, that's maybe come up? Do you have an app? Um, can you find an app for us? And so pushing back a little bit, and because they're the ones that obviously sure. they want to make sure that we don't have an incident. Well. Right. So since they have buy-in, um, we've had good luck partnering with our insurance company in doing that and uh, getting some good results on that. That's great. Yeah, utilizing you know the resources that you already have, looking right. at those and seeing uh, how can we build and get better. And those are the type of companies that are looking at this stuff all day. Mm-hmm. So you would assume they're having the co- those conversations with other people. I hope so. Yeah, share that. <laughs> Hopefully they're sharing that information to you to make right. to make everything better. Very good. Um, all right. And last piece, best piece of advice you ever got on safety. What was the um, best piece anyone has ever given you or you know topic or just uh, advice in general yeah really it was just just know that you have to repeat the information you just you, you just be consistent and repeat and you know I just was speaking to someone yesterday and they said I said I've heard seven times you have to say something seven times before it really sinks in and uh, her experience with a 250 person company was 32 times that's her number <laughs> so, so it's a lot more than we think in any case so consistency yeah be consistent and you know that and that relates to probably anything in business being consistent and everything you know is going to get the best and uh, you get the most thing for your back if you can keep you continue to do that. So I think like you said earlier, setting expectations. We're not going to do this daily. Mm-hmm. You know, be consistent, but be realistic with it. Yeah, we can do this once a week. We can take on that. If you're not doing anything like that, can you do it once a month? You know, start there. Start with something that's achievable right. that you all can buy in and you know and, and grab onto. And then, like you said, stay consistent with it. And if you need to scale it up or scale it back, yep. you'll be able to make that decision. Yeah, so. be flexible. Right. Well, Bert, hey, good. we appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your time here. Thanks. This is Alyssa Burley with Rancho Mesa. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode produced by Studio One. For more information, visit us at ranchomesa.com.